0: Here, we talk about intuitive eating and Jesus. Hi, I'm Nyla and welcome to the Intuitive Eating with Jesus podcast. I'm a certified health and life coach specializing in intuitive eating and body image improvement from a Christian perspective. I pray this podcast allows you to learn the skill of intuitive eating and tap into the awesome body wisdom God intentionally designed into you for food choices and exercise choices. This podcast will teach you how to have a peaceful and joyful relationship with food and fitness, the kind that God desires all his children to experience. I'll also teach you how to view your body as God sees it. I believe Adam and Eve were intuitive eaters in the Garden of Eden, and I'm on a mission to help as many Christian women as I can eat with ease and calm as those two did all those years ago in that famous garden. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today I have such an exciting interview for you. So this is the first interview that I have done on the Intuitive Eating with Jesus podcast. My other podcast, Her Holy Hustle podcast, which is a Christian business podcast for people wanting to run their businesses and their life at God's Peaceful Pace. I have lots of interviews on that podcast, but this one I don't have any podcast interviews on. And I wasn't even sure if I was going to do any interviews, but then the Lord led me to invite a few people on. He placed their names on my heart and Gave me specific topics to request that they come on to chat about. And so today I have Karen Fair on, and she's going to talk about her book that is coming out probably in the fall of 2022. And her book is called Wellness His Way. And there's a chapter in there about how to steward our bodies. So there's this concept about stewardship over ownership of our bodies and so today we talk all about how do we steward our bodies for god's glory and not our body's glory because that can be just this mindset that we get in the world that we need to work out and we need to eat all these different nutritious foods so that our bodies get praise they get the glory but karen flips the head of the world thinking like that that worldly thinking and talks about how we can actually pursue fitness and healthy eating with a mindset of I'm doing this for God's glory, not so my body gets glory. And it's just a beautiful conversation. I've known Karen for about three years. We were in a private Facebook group. We were in the same company for a while and I saw her do a live and I immediately was just drawn to her thinking, wow, she's just So vibrant, just so confident, and I just loved her personality, started following her on Instagram and have learned so much from her about faith, about fitness, and just how to do it, all these wellness practices, how to do it in a God-honoring way and see your exercise as an extension of worship and just all these amazing things. So definitely go follow her on Instagram at Karen's Corner, Karen with a C, And I just am so excited for you guys to be a fly on the wall for our conversation. And yeah, if you can hear my dishwasher in the background, that is just real life. And neighbors are being a little noisy. The windows are open because I just really want the fresh air. So real life, though, makes it feel like you guys are actually sitting at our table talking to us. So I don't mind the real life noises. I think it's fun. So hopefully you don't mind hearing my dishes. So. I'm going to read Karen's bio here before we hop into the episode. So here is Karen's bio. So Karen Fair loves to encourage, educate, and equip women to do all things with God, his way and for his glory. She is passionate especially about stirring up those lukewarm in their faith. She's been married to her husband, Graham, since 2012, and they have an energetic, sweet, and spicy five-year-old son named Luca. And this isn't in the bio, but I know it. They also just added a kitten to their family, and I do believe his name is Nim, and he is quite a little cuddle bug from what I can tell from Karen's story. So I love cats. I have a cat. So... Yeah, another reason that I really resonate with Karen is because we're both cat lovers. But okay, here is the episode. Be blessed and just let us know what stands out to you. And I know it's just going to be a life-changing conversation. It it just is because it was Holy Spirit-led and Holy Spirit-guided things are going to leave you changed. So enjoy. Hello, guys. Welcome back to the Intuitive Eating with Jesus podcast. After some technical difficulties, we are on Zoom and everything is good to go. Fun fact for you guys, if you're trying to record on Google Meets, you need the premium. (laughs) We found Mm -hmm. that out this morning, but I have my first guest on the show and I'm very excited. I have Karen Fair today and we're going to talk about her book that is coming out in the near future. We're going to talk about how to steward your body for God's glory and not your own glory. So I'm just really excited for this episode. I had the honor of editing her book and it's just an amazing book. So Karen, thank you so much for um, spending some of your Friday with me to chat. Yeah. Oh my word. I'm so excited to be your first guest on here. That's so
1: exciting. And you were such a blessing as extra set of eyes and heart and mind looking through The book. I seriously am just so thankful for the Lord and just giving me the right women at the right time to oversee it before it went, you know, into more publishing format with other editors, just having people who knew me, knew my heart was really, really important to me too. So thank you for your time. It's so great.
0: It's so cool how God just like connects needs. Like you had a need of having some more eyes on it. And I just had felt this impression on my heart like that I should reach out and offer to to read it and it just was perfect timing and God's timing is perfect. There's Bible verses that talk about that. And so just when there's a need, he just, he brings the people to fulfill that need. And I also needed to read some of what was in your book. It was very healing for me just to heal those little pieces of my relationship with exercise. that just needed a little tweaking to heal that like final distance. And so it's just a two-way blessing, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah,
1: I, that's sort of the the heart of the project was some some people may not need every chapter but there's a chapter in it for everyone. And it's tempting to almost say women, but it's really not just for women. <laughs> I like purposely never say sister or anything in the book. So it's open for men and women to read, but that's sort of the the heart of it is, you know, that you find pieces that are out of alignment, right? And And you allow God to sort of
0: correct where your
1: posture may be compromised a little bit. And so mm-hmm. it's exciting.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, I like that out of alignment, like the chiropractor, you go there, you get an adjustment and then it feels so much better in your day-to-day life. And that can be like with our relationship with food or exercise. So love that wording. Um, Before I forget, we will have the link in the show notes for the wait list. If you want to be notified when you can purchase this book, it's not out yet, but it it's coming soon. So if you want, you can drop your email on that form and then Karen will get out. We'll get back to you and tell you when you can purchase it and where, and that will be in the show notes. Just didn't want to forget that because that is important. Yeah. So, and the book is called Wellness His Way. I guess we never said that. So yeah, yeah. Um, I guess let's start with some icebreakers because I just, I think those are so fun when I listen to a podcast and they do a little icebreaker. So um, yeah, so my first icebreaker question for you is what food are you really enjoying currently? Uh, avocado. <laughs> it's oh.
1: not like It's an accessory, but I'm just on an avocado kick. I put on pretty much everything, eggs, salads, sandwiches. It doesn't matter. Avocados on it. So that's something I'm really enjoying for some reason. I kind of go in and out with it. I always like it, but it's big right now in my house. (laughs) And my son now loves it too.
0: Have you ever tried the avocado pudding, like where you mix the protein powder, like Shakeology or something like that with avocado and milk in it? I've heard (laughs) of it, but I've actually never tried it. I'm also
1: not a big chocolate person. So maybe that's why pudding doesn't really appeal to me okay (laughs) chocolate lovers out there are all like well I'm gonna mute now but no I I just chocolate isn't my go-to for desserts so Mm -hmm. but it sounds delicious creamy rich I have no doubt it is
0: really good you can make it with vanilla or strawberry and make like a different Mm -hmm. but yeah definitely good whenever (laughs) I hear avocado I just think of my avocado chocolate protein pudding and I'm like Ah, maybe I'll (laughs) give it a shot because my protein powder believe it or not is chocolate so why can I do that I don't know maybe because it's like liquidy not
1: heavy like I'm eating it
0: so interesting it's so interesting that chocolate's not your like go-to but yet (laughs) you have chocolate of that (laughs) just I'm complicated (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny um so on the other end what food do you not like the taste of Okay. I don't know what it's called, but do you know how
1: in like salad mixes, like the containers, there's the purple one, the per I, I just cannot, it's bitter. It's gross. I know it has health benefits and I just, I, I like pick it out of my salad. <laughs> I just can't do it. So that's not something I'm, I've ever really, really enjoyed. Sometimes I just, you know, I power through it and it's fine, but that's not something I like. And it's hard. It was hard for me thinking about this question because I don't not like things. I usually am very, Open to things, but that was something that came to mind. I was like,
0: "Oh, I always pick this out." Hmm. <laughs> that's such a unique answer. Yeah. Here for like in- you all day, Dyla. <laughs> <laughs> like in the mixed green, that's what you're meaning, where it's like a mixed green container, and there's there's the purple one. I don't like the purple ones. Yeah,
1: they're purple, but they're bitter.
0: <laughs> I can feel that. I was actually eating a mixed green salad the other day, and I did think, "Hmm, there's a little something weird in here," and I think it was the purple one, but. <laughs>
1: I wrote it up and I can't even pronounce it. Radicio. It's a weird. Yeah, name. it starts
0: with an R. Yeah, it's that one. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. You can't yeah. Google it for the podcast. Can't. <laughs> but. Um, what type of movement, like exercise, are you really enjoying right now? We have a pool, so it's open.
1: It's warm. We have like a solar cover that's been on it for a while, so that's one of my favorite things. I'm in Virginia Beach, by the way, so um, being near the water is such a blessing and. I swim every day just for 15, 20 minutes. It's not long. I don't linger a whole lot in the pool unless there's friends with me, but I'm really enjoying that. It's every part of your body moving. So it's great.
0: (laughs) Is it nice enough weather all year round to
1: do your pool or no? We close it. We do close it in like late October and then open it back up mid-April. So it does get chillier here, not as chilly, but you still want to cover it just, you know, to protect it from like all the yucky stuff that gets in it yeah that's my professional answer my husband would give you a more technical response but I got
0: nothing (laughs) all the yucky stuff that gets in it all the gross (laughs) (laughs) but yeah swimming just I don't know it feels good on your body it just Mm -hmm. makes it feel loose and it's it's easy on your joints and it but it's um it's really fun too, but a night, a good workout too, even just treading water is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what type of movement is not your jam right now that you're just not feeling, maybe you enjoyed it in a different season of life, but right now you're like, nope. Or maybe you've just never enjoyed it.
1: Do you know, I'm usually your hit girl. I love high intensity training. I love crazy jumps, tuck jumps, power jumps, whatever it is. I'm, I'm all for it. And I've noticed that in the last six months or more, my body's just like, no just Mm know. So even though right now I am doing like a weightlifting hit combination, the hit I'm doing, I'm actually modifying more than ever. I'm enjoying getting my heart rate up, but I'm not as like, I'm going to power through it. And I'm going to do the most extreme version. I'm just really enjoying taking it down a couple notches, but still feeling good, sweating, getting my body moving without, you know, just burning it out completely. So Hit is, I never thought I wouldn't love it as much. I still enjoy it, but I have to really tweak it so that it's really serving my body, not hindering it completely.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was doing one workout. I think it was like the bar program, whatever it's called, bar blender or whatever. And she was saying like, when you modify like celebrate that like that's not a less than thing that's like you being strong and like let's celebrate the modifiers and so i love that you're just saying you're modifying and there's no shame in your voice you're just like this is what i'm doing and it's serving my body well and i love that absolutely
1: yeah there's no what, what good is it to push through when your body's saying no and then get injured right there's a time when your body's saying no but you know you can it's more like just you don't want to leave your comfort zone, right? That's the issue. But you can also tell when it's saying, no, like I could get injured. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, totally. Like, put, your, put your pride aside, humble yourself and just move in a different way. It doesn't have to be perfect. doesn't have to be just like the trainer. And mm-hmm. so um, that's an important lesson for me to keep learning.
0: Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're in a stressful season of life and your mind is saying like, we just don't have the capacity to push. Like we need gentler movement or modification. So sometimes it's like listening to your your mind too. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, you could have a whole episode about just I know, your could. body. <laughs> <laughs> Next time. <laughs> but so I already shared your bio at the beginning, but I would love just um yeah, tell me tell the audience who you are and what you're super passionate about sharing with the world.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I'm, you already know my name, Karen Fair. And let me just preface this by saying my name is Karen with a C because apparently Karen's with a K these days get a lot of flack. And I'm over <laughs> here like, it's with a C. I'm different. So, um, but I have um, a son named Luca. He's turning six soon, which is pretty wild. And my husband, Graham, who's um, a pediatric anesthesiologist from Virginia Beach right now. And um, I love being a wife and a mom. And I, this is going to sound super off topic, but that is not something. I've always loved it, but I have to be honest in this last season, the last two years, God has really been pulling me back from a lot of things. I'm, I'm known as a coach. I'm known as all these things. And he's just put a halt on a lot of it when the book kind of started, um, to really have me focusing on my husband and my son, like God is first, God's the foundation. He's the center, um, but really giving my absolute best to my family. And so they have been getting my priority energy and, and other ministries. As they come up, God gives me kind of bonus energy for. So um, my passion though is stirring up the lukewarm. Like that's the simplest way I can put it. Um, You know, I think we're all called to share the gospel with the lost. And that's a passion of mine too. But it seems like the people God brings my way the most often are those who are like, they live the Jesus and life, you know, Jesus and this and weight loss and success and money. And so there's like a lukewarm issue going on. They're not completely hot. They're not completely cold. They're somewhere in the middle. And I just want to stir them up and um, encourage them to pursue Christ and seek him first and that he would be their, their main love. Right. And so wellness is a big part of that too. Um, It's interesting with this book coming out because my coach life has really shifted in the last two years. I'm still very passionate about helping women, specifically women, but the books forever, you know, walk with God and learn how to take care of their body with God, his way for his glory. It's these three elements with him, his way for his glory. So that's still a passion. I still coach women one-on-one intensively in that. I still have a wellness, his way community, um, that I facilitate and serve, um, within this kind of subject. And so these are all things I would say I'm pretty passionate about. I just love making Jesus known in the intimate circles. Um, but evangelism is something that I also want to grow into, like better at, to be honest. I'm definitely more of like the one-on-one, which I think is so important, but also not to be afraid to share and be loud too when needed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. You, you have such a vibrant personality that it, it's hard for me. Like I'm more introverted when I get in a big group, but I just, I thought you would be, no have no problem being loud, I guess, but you find it hard sometimes to, to, to be loud.
1: I don't know. It's, it's more like, I think it's interesting with, with introverts. Cause I was am I used to be a straight extrovert. I would say I'm more like an outgoing introvert now. Like I, I actually find I recharge alone more than I ever have. Something changed when I became a mom. I think our kids are just, they're all over the place and they're loud that you're like, I just need space. And so that kind of shifted my personality a little bit. Um, I think what I've found from introverts is that they may be bold, but they're not as loud, but they're still bold. And so they're loud in their own, their own bold way. I am bold and loud. And I think for a season, I was very, very loud, right? In the last two years, he's had me bold and quiet. And so that quietness doesn't mean passive. It doesn't mean I don't share. It's just like, as people come specifically in more intimate environments, it comes out versus like, when I say loud, I meant like on social media, I was very mm. bold and loud for a very long season of my life. Um, and now it's very specific. You won't see me on Instagram as much as before. It's really when he says go that I go and then I am, but otherwise it's more in my intimate local circles that you really see the bold and loud these days. Mm. Does that make
0: sense? Totally. Environmental. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. I, yeah. And I guess for the listeners, Karen was actually a um, I guess on my other podcast, Her Holy Hustle podcast. And we talked about that topic mm-hmm. as spirit led social media presence. So if you want to go check that one out, I think it was episode nine or something like that. And you go into more depth on that, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I love that you spoke that over the introverts that they're bold in their own way. And mm-hmm. like, I think sometimes we get labeled as being timid and, you know, but you're saying, no, 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 you're just, you're bold in a different way. And Mm -hmm. so I, I appreciated that hearing that as an introvert. So thanks for saying that. And it just made me think of like the word meekness. I heard a Bible study once where they talked about meekness. When the Bible talks about being meek, it's not like weak, it's meaning strength under control. And that kind of is what you're, you're talking about, I think. So, yeah, love that. Um, yeah. So let's dive into more about your book. So in chapter three, I'm going to read a little section from that. I really, really, really enjoyed chapter three. So from this is from her book, Wellness His Way. And it the section from chapter three is, so there's a reason he, God is the owner and we are the managers of our bodies. We as the creation cannot sustain what we did not ordain. What we can do, however, is steward what God ordained and rely on his enablement to manage it with him, his way and for his glory. So can you tell the audience just more about that concept of stewardship over ownership of our bodies? Because when I read that, I'm like, whoa, I've never thought about how I don't own my body, but it totally makes sense that I'm just the steward of it. But that was a new concept for me. So tell us about that concept. Mm -hmm. This concept, I think, is what really shifted
1: how I do everything when it comes to wellness. I've heard the topic of stewardship many times before, but it was always related to finances, career. Um, And so I think I forget what workshop, maybe a She Works His Way workshop, that I was listening to the topic of stewardship. And then I just sat with it and I was like, this is just as relevant for our bodies because it's not our own. Um, And so it is something that God made. And he gave it to us. And, you know, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, then his Holy Spirit resides in it. It becomes a temple. It becomes sacred. And so everything that we then do is to honor him with whatever we have. If you think about love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, it's all that you are, all that you do, all that you have. Like, and something you have is a body. What you do with it is also something that you do. And so I started to really... Uh, meditate on this idea that, you know, I get caught up all the time with my health when I try to sustain something I didn't make without God, you know, so we do have a responsibility to be faithful and faithfulness takes effort. It does take some work, but God is not asking us to be faithful apart from him. That's, that's not what he like abiding in Christ remaining in him means that we are moving with the Holy spirit. We're staying in step with the spirit. And so Part of that responsibility of okay, I want to be a faithful steward of what you give me, and I want to depend on you in the stewardship process because I didn't make it, you did. So show me your way for me in this. And the world is so loud with many ways to take care. There's so many ways you can take care of your body. So what does it look like then to depend on His way for you? And so stewardship for me, I mean, I I will share soon. I think about the parable of the talents. That was the parable that the Lord brought me to that really just opened my mind to seeing my body as a talent as one of the talents that he's given me and even though it's not the main thing like our bodies are not the main thing friends but it does help me do the main thing which is love god love people and share the gospel to all nations making disciples like these are the main things that we're here for and so if i don't steward this body it can hinder that it can prevent that it can cause a barrier to that and so that's sort of like when I see it then as something that helps me do the main thing, but it's not the main thing. I can steward it without idolizing it. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. I, the first time I heard you say that quote, like our bodies are not the main thing, but it helps us do the main thing. I think I saw you in a stories a year ago or something. You had put it in your stories in the caption and it just like instantly was memorized in my mind. And it's just been so, so helpful that, that phrase. Um, where did you pick that up? Did the Lord just put that on your heart, that phrase, or did you hear I that think somewhere? He did.
1: I'm actually really trying to remember, <laughs> but if I don't remember specific people, then I would, I think that this was something he just gave me, um, which, I mean, a lot of my growth has come from inspiration from many different places, but I actually think this one may have been directly from him.
0: Yeah. He gives a lot of like those mic drop like quotes and it sounds like something he would say. So <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Um, So another quote that I love from chapter three of your book reads, you and I are not our own. In fact, we are doubly owned. God made us and then he bought us because of his love. So why is this concept of our bodies not being our own? Why is it so counter-cultural and like sometimes even counter church cultural? Why is it? Yeah. Hopefully that makes sense.
1: Yeah. The first thing that I think of is just when you hear something isn't yours, you're, you don't like it. (laughs) Like I think of a toddler who's like, yes, it is. Everything's mine. We're possessive. We want control. We're like allergic to conviction because if you hear that something's not yours and that you are bought at a price, there's conviction that comes with that. Like, wow, like I can't save myself. This is out of my control that someone loves me this much. And I think sometimes we just don't, we don't lean into the conviction that like raises us up. It's not to call us out in shame. Like, and I think too, that there's responsibility. Then if you own something, you can be careless with it. Okay. Like you own it. So you're like, whatever. But when someone gives you something to take care of while they're away, again, we'll talk about the parable, of the talents, and you know, this person, you love this person. Mm. You're way more cautious. The responsibility is greater. And it's not the kind of responsibility that pressures You or like burdens you, there's like a delight in it. There's peace in it because you care and you respect this person. And so I think sometimes we prefer the ownership mindset because we get control, and that control can either become excessive and obsessive, or we can actually be entitled to laziness because it's ours. So I think that within the church and the secular world, I'm not surprised. Like, okay, the secular world, go ahead, think that you own it. That doesn't surprise me. Of course, you think that way because. If you're if the Holy Spirit isn't in you, you don't see your body as a temple. You don't see it as his. And so I'm not as surprised. But I think within the church, I think that's where I see the struggle is there's like fleshly parts that we just don't want to quite let go of. And I think the body, we don't talk about the body enough. We don't talk about gluttony enough. There's a there's a side of like stubbornness and rebellion that we don't want to quite let go of. But if we understand that we're we're doubly owned. Like he made us, he bought us, we are his, we are redeemed by him and for him. Some of us lean into that and we love that. And some of us are like, "Mm." (laughs) you know, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I I just don't want to see my body this way. I want my body just to be mine and do with it what I want to do, you know? So that's where I see the tension. Mm
0: -hmm. And you, it's very common to hear people say like, my body, my body, my body, but you don't often hear God's body. I'm going to feed God's body. I'm going to move God's body today. Like, I don't think I've ever really heard anyone say that it's always associated with my, but even if just in your heads, you start thinking of like, what does God's body need today? And not thinking, not talking about like the body, the church. Like we, I guess we hear like the body spoken of like the congregation, the church, but I don't know. Does that make sense? If you start thinking in your brain as like, okay, this is God's body. What am I gonna, how am I gonna steward his body well? And it's just like when I borrow clothes from my sister, I treat them a little nicer than my own clothes because I know that I'm gonna have to give an account. I'm gonna have to say, here's your shirt. I got a stain on it because I wasn't careful or it's way nicer to go and say, hey, I took care of this that you loaned me. And so anyways, I just always think of the, like sharing clothes with your sister and being a little yeah. more careful. Right, like,
1: it's, it's, it's a gift that he gave me. And um, and I think that mindset really does shift how you do everything. And I want to just share this, and I share this in the book too. There, there's there is a line. Like we want to be careful not to over-spiritualize, because I think there's that temptation too, to over-spiritualize everything, or we under spiritualize. <laughs> like nothing is spiritual, or like I won't eat this, God, until you open the heavens and tell me <laughs> it's okay. Like there's there's extremes both ways. And what I will share is that at this point in my journey with God. And I know this isn't quite on topic, but I just want to show the journey of stewardship. I don't necessarily consult God in every detail with my health anymore. I don't because this is now, it was a battlefield for a very long time, a very active battleground because it was a war. The enemy, this was the main place he came at me. I come from eating disorder background, all this stuff, right? Things were super twisted by God's grace and through his power and my willingness to show up over the last three, four years, this became a battleground that's conquered. It's a conquered ground. So I'm not on offense here anymore. It's more defense every now and then the enemy likes to bring it up and play. And I'm just more alert. It's conquered. So I can, I'm not. So the point is (laughs) before I like lose you, the beautiful thing about stewardship, there will be a season where it's very intense. Hmm. You are consulting God about everything. Like God, show me your way in this You know, help me to chase down that decision. I think Lisa Turker says that in her best yes book, like chase down the decision, you know, will, how will I feel, you know, an hour from now, will this hinder my work with you and for you an hour from now? Um, Will this make me a more fatigued mom? Like, I want to make a choice that honors the body you gave me honors you. And so, yes, there's intensity a bit in the beginning. And then you just learn to walk with God in this area where it's, you're just one with him. You're not because before I wasn't quite one yet. I still wanted my way and his way. So there was a lot more conversation. And then we became one in this area. I submitted, I submitted, I submitted. And now it's just, I hear him and we go like, it's not, I don't overthink it. So just to encourage my friends out there, it will not always be this intense. You'll always need effort but it won't be this intensity. You'll just know his voice in it much more clearly as you steward it with him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so you're saying, if I'm understanding you right, like stewardship is a skill, just the same as riding a bike. You have to, It's it's tricky at first, but then it'll just become a more second nature skill, just like once you learn how to ride a bike. Mm-hmm. You got it. So it I mean, and you might fall off every once in a while or not fall off, but stumble a little bit. But you've you've already got the skill. Like you said, it's conquered territory. So it's not, it's not gonna be a full blown splatter on the ground because you just you, right. you know how it feels to walk with him with your health, just like you know mm-hmm. how it feels to be balanced on a bike. That that's just right. what kind of comes to mind. And I like analogies, so that's no, why that's I keep so bring them good.
1: up. Same with like finances, like mm-hmm. in the beginning, it's really hard to budget and then you just find a rhythm and you know how. And if you mess up, like if things
0: kind of fall off one month, you know how to get back. Mm -hmm. So I I love analogies too. That's great. Mm -hmm. And yeah, no apologies about going off a topic. I think sometimes the Holy Spirit, that's his leading saying, I actually want you to talk about this topic. So feel free to go off topic that I want these conversations to be Holy Spirit led and Sometimes mm-hmm. that means going off topic and talking about something not that we were going to plan to talk about. So totally also, fine. Also, I'm sorry about my dings. That's my text. I don't know how to turn it off. So if you hear it, it's not Nyla. It's me. Just <laughs> sorry about that. I like those sounds, actually. Um, I just think <laughs> it makes people feel like they're actually in a living room with, with us or at, at a coffee shop. They Those real life sounds, I, like I even <laughs> took a drink of water and might people might have heard it. And I don't know. I like those sounds. Okay. Okay. So totally fine with that. Um, yeah, let's talk about the the parable of the talents. I think it's from matthew twenty five mm-hmm. How does that relate to our bodies you've you've talked a little bit about that, but how does that relate to our bodies? How did God speak to you through that parable?
1: Yeah, well, let me just summarize it. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's kind of long, but basically, Jesus here is teaching that the kingdom of heaven is like a master who does represent Jesus going on a journey, and so before he goes, he gives. His three servants, different amounts of money, which are known as talents, to invest while he's gone. So to one he gave five to the second he gave two and then the last one got one, and each was given according to their ability. So when he comes back, he asks how they stewarded his money. And the first and second servants reveal that they invested the talents, they were given and they doubled the master's money. and so they received his praise. The third servant, who was given one talent, safeguarded the master's money. And he did nothing to increase it. And as a result, he was condemned by the master for his wickedness and laziness. It's a very harsh, like rebuke from the master here. So, you know, there is a lot to unpack, but I think if we zoom out, we see that out of sheer grace, the master who he wasn't obligated to give them anything, right? He's the master, but out of sheer grace, he entrusts what he owns to his servants to manage what like what he had until he was gone okay manage stewarded same kind of word concept and everything was still owned by the master it didn't belong to them they were managing it and in the same way god is the owner of everything right he made it he owns it he's the owner of everything all all things are created by him and for him and so by his grace he gives us certain gifts certain abilities certain capabilities and talents to manage and steward for his glory the good of others until he comes back and so when you start to see this and you really zoom out to like what did he give me i don't know why our bodies are sometimes the last thing we think of we think about our, our husbands our spouses our kids our work our finances like sometimes it's like the fastest place our mind goes but have you ever placed your body in that topic like it is a talent it is another extension and another way that you can worship him and so I think sometimes we get stuck with like, well, why why should I bother, right? Taking care if God owns it anyway, what's the point? Why should I bother taking care of it? He owns it. So, you know, but then lean in because the first two servants, we see them as examples of faithful stewardship. And I really believe their faithfulness was the fruit of them really knowing the master. They knew him and I don't mean knowledge about him. They didn't know of him. They knew him. They revered him. They loved him. They respected him. And so they felt the importance of the responsibility that they were given. And out of reverence for the master, they got to work right away. Like, I think, I wish I had the scripture pulled up. I think it says like immediately they got to work. Then it's just, they wasted no time to invest his money. They were intentional. They were faithful and multiplication. They, they multiplied what they got and they were ready for the master's return. They were ready. Like, are we ready? They were ready. So they understood their position and their relationship to their master. And I'm going to talk about this whole slave servant thing in just a second, because I think we get hung up on this a little bit. So when we realize like we are God's creation and we exist for his glory, um, I use this analogy in the book. It's kind of like, what is the meaning of a light bulb if it's not plugged into a socket? Like it has, it looks nice, but it literally is, it's meaningless. (laughs) It's not until you plug it in that it's actually living its purpose. It's living out its identity. It's It's true meaning. And so in the same way, you know, God and his glory give us value, the real meaning to our existence. And so we never existed before God declared us to exist. Um, And so, and he, we wouldn't even exist in eternity if Jesus didn't pay the price on the cross for us, like we wouldn't exist in eternity either. And so when we really understand this, that we are his and we exist for his glory. Um, I think we can really joyfully submit to the true meaning of our lives. And that is to serve him, glorify him, magnify him. The third servant though, he's, he's a puzzle because you're like, what happened? <laughs> why, why did he get afraid and also get lazy? Like there was fear and it's not the good kind of fear. It's not like I revere you fear. Like I'm afraid of you. And also I'm just not going to do anything kind of posture. And so he didn't really get the true meaning of stewardship. He didn't really know the master. He played it super safe. He didn't know him. And wait, I'll unpack that in just a second, how he didn't know him. And so he ended up working for his best interest, not the master's. Played safe. I'm just going to hide it. And when he comes back, I'll give it back to him. It's in my interest. It keeps me safe. It keeps the, you know. I don't have to double it. I don't have to do anything. And so his lack of faithfulness and his laziness prevented the fruitfulness and didn't honor the master. And so something that I think is interesting when I studied him a little bit is that sometimes we have misconceptions about God. Like we have misunderstood views about God and that affects our stewardship. We, we actually can like justify poor stewardship and excuse it and even excuse disobedience. Because we have an inaccurate view of who God is. And I, I just wonder sometimes, and I ask the Lord, like if I'm struggling to be faithful somewhere or I'm being disobedient and I'm not repenting for it, like, what am I misunderstanding about you? What am I not believing? Mm -hmm. There's something affecting my hands. Like usually it's our thinking, our mind. And so the master's reply is harsh. He did not buy that excuse because the other two knew him. So, which means that the master wasn't hiding his character from the third one. If the, the other two knew him, revered him, loved him. So the third servant also had the opportunity to really know him, but he chose to kind of, let me just work for you, but not know you Hmm. let's keep it a business business relationship. Like, and so because of that, he wasn't willing to kind of go the extra mile in being faithful. So again, what does this have to do with our body? And I, and I go back to this whole topic of slave again, the Bible does not condone slavery. <laughs> it's just this, we have to remember that the time it was written in this made sense to the people listening to Jesus's parable. And this whole idea of like a master having to pay a price for a servant. Again, we don't buy people today, but just understand that like Jesus paid the price for us just see that connection with me. So the master pays a price for his servants. And then the true meaning of that servant's life is to serve the master, not himself. Jesus pays the price for us. The true meaning of our lives is to serve him, follow him, not ourselves. So just see the, see the connection with me. And the, the first two understood that and the third the third guy didn't. So that's like a quick synopsis of the parable. And I just wanna encourage you to sit down with it and ask the Lord, well, what does this have to do with my body? Where am I choosing to be lazy with it, neglect it? Where am I striving? Like, I don't know that the first two, we don't know a whole lot, so we're not gonna add words to scripture, but I would imagine faithfulness is more about, like, I think She Works His Way says this a lot, and I just love their ministry so much. They call it surrendered effort. Like, I'm gonna lay it down and then I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna give my absolute best, like full excellence and then let me just surrender it again. The outcome isn't my job, but God, I want to show up and be faithful because if you watch the master praised both, even though they yielded different results, five got 10, two got four or is it two? Yeah. And so it's not like, like the first guy had the most, but he praised the second servant with the same joy. Mm-hmm it wasn't about the outcome. It's not about, so if you ask yourself, well, God, you gave me a problem body. My body's not good enough. It has chronic illnesses. You gave me something that is, is too difficult. And God is saying, I'm not worried about the outcome. I just want to see your faithfulness in partnering with me and seeing it as a gift and trying to understand it and surrendering it. I'm not looking for you to have outcome like this girl over here. That's not what I'm looking. I just want to see that you're faithful in honoring me with what I give you. That includes your body. That was a long-winded answer, but I hope it opens our eyes to just seeing this parable in a new light, like in relevance with our body and our health.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I think that's so beautiful. Just, and, and it's so countercultural that you're saying like, God doesn't, he's not concerned with the outcome, but people like the world are so concerned with the outcome of your health choices. But God is like, I just want you to just be faithful and trying your best to steward your body well, but I don't care if you don't get six packs. I don't care about any of that, but the world is so hung up on the outcome of what your body will look like specifically. But God is just like you said, he's way more concerned about your faithfulness with his gift of a body than the outcome. And so that's just, I think that's a freeing concept that people can just take this big breath of relief. Like, Oh, that's so like God to just not put that pressure on me to, have to yeah get a six pack or have to be able to run a triathlon or whatever he's um he's okay with goals like we can have goals but it's not it's not the main thing and so I love that and I just encourage listeners if you're listening to this and you're like I'm a little confused I don't like this is a lot this is so new just ask the lord say help me to understand this concept he's like the holy spirit would love to be your teacher in this area and just ask him and then say, thank you. Like, thank you for the understanding. Thank you for the wisdom that's coming in this area. And he will shed light on it. There's been lots of concepts in the Bible. Like, I'm like, I don't understand this, help me out. And he is always faithful to lead you to resources or just download like light bulb moments in your brain to help you understand it. And so just, just invite him in and he will be faithful to help you understand this. If it's a little feeling over your head, because he, yeah, he wants us to understand. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. And And this isn't something I learned overnight. (laughs) So I'm sharing it now as something that's like, I, I just live it every day. But this took a long time because it took me a long time to understand that I didn't have to strive. So I wasn't necessarily the third servant in the sense that I was lazy. I was more like the one who just wanted to earn God's approval. And I, but I also wanted to be in control in a different chapter. I talked about how I wanted to do it my way but somehow also for God's glory. And it just, there was a disconnect for me. And so I hustled, I strived, it led to eating disorders It led to mental health issues. Like I tried so hard by my strength, but somehow to also glorify. (laughs) And it's, and it was this beautiful release when he just said like, my grace is sufficient. I don't need you to strive taking care of your body. I just need you relying on me, depending on me. And just loving, oh, like the obedience, like obeying me, like learning to love obedience. And so I it, I overcomplicated how to take care of my body. It is not complicated. The world makes it so complicated. Um, I learned the value of rest. Mm. Rest was something I never did because it just felt counter counterproductive to trying to get results because I was all about outcome. I learned to value sleep. Again, didn't care about sleep. And he was like, nope, I made sleep. I need you to sleep, you know, bringing me back to like Elijah in first kings who was like, you know, practically suicidal. We, we always say that, but like, he just was so low. And God's like, Hey, just sleep and eat, just sleep. And then he'd wake up and he'd have like hot cakes, like, God was not keto, y'all. He's here's some carbs, go back to bed. Here's some carbs, go back to bed. My pastor said that once, and it literally cracked me up. It's like, You're right, he's not. And so, it's just, it's, I probably just offended some keto friends out there, but like, you know, just. And it's one of those things where I look at how God sometimes approaches us. He doesn't just look at the spiritual. He's like, "Hey, physically, you need you need rest and you need some food, and then we can talk about what's spiritually going on." Um, I just love that so much that God cares about our health, and He cares that we do it with Him.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I just I sense that people listening will just feel so much freedom after they listen to this conversation. Just. Yeah, like you said, a beautiful release just from that pressure, that striving and just knowing there's a different way. I can pursue wellness his way instead of the world's way. So Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to release this episode. I think it's just gonna be such a a blessing. Mm -hmm. Um, I would love to have your thoughts on what is the difference between God-reliant stewardship and self-reliant stewardship of our bodies? I feel like we've talked about this a little bit, but did you have any other insights on that?
1: I mean, I think the, the, the fine line of stewardship is just what I had shared in that I wanted to steward it, but then I was depending on myself to do it. I was depending on my strength, my ability, my skill, my endurance, my perseverance. (laughs) And it, it only, I only have so much of it. And then what would happen is I would run out, feel like a failure and then regress terribly, um, doing things that would harm my body more than help my body because I'd feel like a failure and I hated failure. By the way, I actually, a lot of this stuff, just know I, I, am not trying to like promote the book left and right, but just know, like if this all feels a lot, it's just, it's one chapter out of 15. Like we mm-hmm. unpack this slowly all throughout, but there's a faith and fear chapter. And I talk about this, like we are, we don't want to feel like we failed, but friends, if you're walking with God, you, you literally can't because he's got you, he will even redeem those failures. And so it's, it's, I really think that that's where we get stuck sometimes is we start to rely on our, rely on ourselves to take care of what he gives us instead of relying on his grace and his power and his presence to take care of what he gives us. So when, when you start to strive, I mean, I guess we should ask, what are the symptoms of striving? <laughs> How do you know? if you're striving, I think uh, now you can chime in. I don't know if you've ever struggled with this too, but I think a couple of ways I recognize it very quickly is um, when I start chasing a number, mm. right? Whether it's how many calories I burned or the scale and like trying to tweak things just to achieve a number. Now I'm striving. Now I'm not in a surrendered posture. I'm more consumed and concerned with a number than like how I'm overall feeling. I'm even overriding my body telling me to slow down or whatever that now I'm, now I'm in a striving cycle. I don't know if you can think of anything that you kind of recognize your striving
0: symptoms. This would be good to write down. I should add this. (laughs) What are my striving symptoms? How do I know? I think like comparison, when I start to slip into comparison, that's definitely, um, puts me into that striving mode of like, I have to look like her. I have to like, she's, she's the goal, um, like to be like her. So comparison definitely makes me put in that striving mode. Um, also just like, I feel like I start to strive when I have like this poverty mindset of not having enough. So even when I'm like, Oh no, I'm so busy. How am I going to work out? And then when I'm like, no, God, you want me to have a body that I can be strong enough to do my God assignments. You're going to help me find the time to work out. Like you'll, you'll point out, Hey, there's a pocket, of window right there. And then it's up to me to do it, but he'll, he'll point out the times that I can do it. And he'll, so I don't know if that makes sense. Just like when I, instead of having this lack mindset of, I don't have enough time. And when I slip into, no, I'm just going to trust God to help me have the wisdom to take care of my body and show me how to do it. He knows me best. Just yeah, that trust when I start to then trust him instead that striving goes away. I feel like trusting God is the antidote, the kryptonite or whatever you want to call it to that striving. So I don't know if that answered your questions, but that that's kind of what comes to mind. Yeah, no, it definitely does. I think comparison is a really big one that can kind of take
1: us into, let me hustle a little harder to get this, to get this like she did. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and I also think sometimes this is a tricky one. I'll say it because it's something I wrestled with, but it may not be relevant for a lot of listeners, but I think even too much reading, like self-help articles, or like a lot of information, consuming a lot of information about how to lose weight. There is, there is a level that's healthy. Like we want, we're intellectual beings. We want to learn. We want practical application. Like I think some things give us great insight into how to take care of the body. Like I'm not a doctor. I'm not an anatomy person. So I do want to learn, but excessive reading, like I used to research and Google two to three hours a day. Like there was a very unhealthy period of my life where I just I was consuming, 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 and I wasn't asking, well, does this align with God and his word? Does this move me to depend more on Jesus? <laughs> like if I apply this, will it honor God? I wasn't asking any of that. I was just taking it all in. And then it led to paralysis. I just mm. couldn't do anything because I was overwhelmed. So sometimes I can tell I'm striving if I'm over researching and I'm over, cause I'm just trying to like let me just get us a little, let me just get there a little faster. Holy spirit. You're a little too slow for me. I'm the girl that tries to run ahead. Some people like are lagging behind and the Holy spirit's like, keep up. And I'm like, way, way, way gone. And so he has to bring me back and like teach me how to just take it in step with him because his pace is marked by peace. And if I try to leave that instantly, there's pressure, there's stress, there's overwhelm. And so that's not how he wants me to run.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was you probably like three years ago or something on Instagram was saying like, if it costs you your piece, it's too expensive. I think that was you. Was that you? Have you said this that is a quote that I've heard? Um, I,
1: I don't know that it came from me. I feel like okay. I've, I've seen it in memes, but I probably have shared it okay. like, before. It's just like, if it does cost you your piece, I don't know if I said it's too expensive. That's the quote, but I would just say it's not worth it. Like it's mm-hmm. not, that's not where where he wants you and peace is a person it's jesus so if it costs you abiding in him trusting Mm. in him depending on him it's not worth it because peace by the world standards they have a definition of their own peace (laughs) it's very different so some people i see this in like the in the culture too if it costs you your peace i'm like define peace (laughs) so but we're talking about like the abiding peace that we have in jesus then yeah it's it's not his way
0: mm mm-hmm. yeah, never will. compromise piece mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I love that um oh man there's just like so many different directions that I want to go I just love this topic so much um I we guess we have, part two. yeah totally I just but it, the problem would be like what should we talk about in part two because there's so many topics that I want to it could just I'm be not. like a, a Q&A <laughs> that would be fun mm-hmm. um we kind of, my last question here, we kind of already talked about like your story. Did you have anything else that you want to share about how, how this has changed your story? Just the concept of stewardship and all these things that we've been talking about, or have, do you feel like you've kind of covered that? I mean, I think I've covered
1: it in, in this particular topic. I share a lot more things in in the rest of the book, but I just want to encourage listeners like it's never too late Mm -hmm. and it's never, you're never out of reach. I think for me, I really thought it was hopeless. I was like, how can God untangle this? Like I've tangled my wellness so much. It was like this massive knot. And the enemy really wanted me to believe like it's too knotted, just throw it out. Like, Mm. and this is how everything started for me. I won't forget that the day I was in my living room, I was obsessed with calorie counting. And I remember God, Like there was a deep conviction to delete that app. And some people are like, Karen, like who cares? Just delete the app. But you know, this was, I was in bondage. And even though I didn't want slavery, the idea of something new, even though it was freedom terrified me. Like even though slavery was painful, it was comfortable, it was familiar. Hmm. But I will never forget deleting it. And I was just weeping on the floor. And it was this, like, I finally gave him my tangled, string, so tangled, so tangled. And I was like, I, I don't know if you can it just reminds me of the father in the new Testament who brought his, like, I forget if he was a demon possessed son or what, but it he was like, if you can heal him. And Jesus says, if I can, like anything is possible to him who believes. And the father says, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Like, you know, and I was like, I don't know if you can untangle it. And it's like, this, like, if like, I, Can like, give me, we can give him our little doubts, right? If you have doubts, just doubt with God, not against him, run to him with them. Don't let them fester. So the enemy plays. And I just, I wasn't sure, but I gave it. I gave the tangled mess and he untangled it Mm -hmm. and he could have untangled it overnight. He didn't. He gave me peace immediately. He gave me his comfort immediately that I got right away. Now the journey of the untangling and the renewal of my mind, he purposefully took me on a three-year journey for that. Some people it's way faster. For me, there was a lot of pride I had to work away <laughs> with, with the Holy spirit. And God is so wise and knowing that how much we can handle. <laughs> handle. So I just want to say that as like a, a word of encouragement, it's never too late and it is not hopeless and he is able Just be willing to give it to him. You don't have to try to fix it before you show up. He just says, come here. Like he said that to the boy, you know, when the disciples couldn't cast out the demon, you know, Jesus was like, bring him to me, bring him to me. He wasn't like, go get some more faith. Go try a little harder. He's like, no, no, bring him to me, bring him to me. And so bring, bring it to him. Even if you don't know all the plan after just bring it to him and he will take it with you one step at a time.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that image of just bringing it to him, his open arms. Like he's just saying, come here, come here. Like, let me, let me help you. Like, you don't have to carry that load and no mess scares God. Like he's not a scared, he's not a scared God. He's not a scared like father of messes. They, he's just like, let's, let's get you feeling better. I want you to feel better. And that's just his heart for, for us. And in your book, you, there's reflection questions at the end, right. Where people can read the the uh, section and then kind of personalize it, like ask themselves, like, how does this apply to me? And maybe you don't call them reflection questions. Is, oh, is I it do. something I'm else? Right. It is no, reflection questions. Yep. Okay. So people could do it as a group study, right? Like a book study together.
1: Yeah. When we had the pilot test group, they all suggested a workbook. It's not out yet, but I was like, well, in the meantime, there are reflection questions <laughs> mm-hmm. so that you can definitely do it with a few other people and, um, unpack it together. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. And when you were talking earlier about sometimes over information overload, sometimes I heard someone say once just take in enough information at once that you are able to apply and then also like filter with God. So I would suggest if you're doing that book kind of like halts all your other like information, like maybe take a pause from your podcast and other books and just really focus on just that one source of information. And so you can really apply it and bring it before the Lord. Like, how do I apply this to my life? And it just, I think it would be even more transformative if you're just like focused on this one area, instead of getting all these different voices and then getting, like you said, paralyzed. Cause you're like, I have so many ideas and things, but I think just honing in on one resource can be extra impactful. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Would oh, no, you I agree?
1: I agree. Yeah. And the chapters aren't super short. So take your time, mm. take your time. It's, you don't have to rush your way through it. Um, you can stop after a paragraph and just sit with it. Some certain authors, when I read their stuff, it's so much that I'm like one paragraph at a time. And that's just, I'm like a goal getter. Let me just finish the book. And I just, I can't, because then I miss, I miss out on the heart work that God wants to do. If I'm just going past it too quickly, the same, thing actually goes with scripture. Some seasons you can read chapters at a time. Some seasons you stop at one verse and you're like, okay. (laughs) got to sit here with this for a while. And that's, that's beautiful. So
0: mm-hmm. you can even highlight the parts that mm-hmm. really apply to you or like really resonate with you. And then when you're done the book, go through and be reminded like, oh yeah, that part really stood out. And I know when I was editing it, I was editing it on a computer on a Google doc, but then afterwards when things stood out, I would on a piece of paper, write it out because that helped me. Even if I never looked at the paper again, it still was me seeing the information again. And then it really like it was another time being exposed to it and I could like remember it better. And I guess this wasn't in my questions that I sent you, but I would love if you um, for our last question here, if you would just share about like in the book, I don't know the exact wording, but you said that we can exercise like out of an overflow of honor for God. And so when I heard that, I'm like, that is so beautiful. And I was telling someone about that and they were just silent on the phone. I had told you this, I told them this concept and they're like, that's amazing. Like that we, our motivation to exercise could be out of an honor of God. Like I'm going to honor this body that he gave me out of an overflow of like, I so honor God, you father that now I want to like honor this gift that you gave me because when I honor it, it's essentially honoring you. So can you talk about that concept? It's just so beautiful and so different.
1: Yeah. It's this chapter is titled honor. Your body is greater than accept your body. So all chapters have like a greater than sign. And I think this might be the one that ruffles the most feathers because the accept your body movement is a really loud movement, like accept it, accept it. And I'm not anti acceptance. (laughs) It's just the danger of accepting it could again, lead to striving or laziness. It's, it's not, it's not the full picture. And so to honor your body versus accepting it is very different to because you can't honor something unless you honor the one who made it. And I think when you see your workout as an extension of your worship and what, like you worship who you honor. (laughs) So the world worships a lot of things that are not God. for us as believers. We worship him. He is the one true God. And so I see then worship as everything that I do, washing the dishes, doing the laundry, like all of that is a way that I get to worship him and honor him. Exercise is no difference. And I think if we just pause before we push play or go out and run or whatever it is and just say, Lord, I want this to be an extension of my worship. Meet me right here in this movement. Um, I want to know you in the movement. Make me more like you. Refine my character even through this because he can use anything to sharpen you, anything to refine you. And so, but just be careful because so can the enemy. <laughs> so we have to be guarded of like the enemy will use your body to mess you up, to make it all about you, but God can also use it to make it all about him. And so we just kind of have to be cautious with who we're listening to, but that, you know, without going into the whole chapter, cause it's a, it's a, it's one of the, it's a very long chapter. It's a complicated chapter. <laughs> it was a tough one to write, but I really felt like this was a topic I, I needed to uncover with God because honoring him with what I have and then honoring that thing. Cause honoring my body doesn't mean I'm worshiping it. It just means I'm respecting Mm -hmm. it because of my respect for the father, Mm -hmm. for the one who gave it to me. So you'll, you'll be able to go on that journey with me um, if you decide to jump into it, but yeah, absolutely. It it is an extension of your worship and it does change how you do it.
0: Mm -hmm. When I first heard you say that again, I think it was on Instagram stories. You had said that worship or exercise is an extension of your worship. I was I don't get that. Like, what? I've never heard someone say that. And it was probably a few years ago that I saw you do that. And now through following you on Instagram, through just reading your book and reading some of your blog posts and stuff, I feel like I, I get that. And it's just, it just, I don't know, it almost make brings another dimension to your workouts. Like it becomes like a spiritual workout mm-hmm. and a physical workout. And so now I find myself before I jump into a workout, I'll I'll pray like some of those things that are in your book. Like I'll say, Lord, help me to do this workout for your glory, not my body's glory. Lord, help me to work out out of an overflow of honor for you. Like, may that be my motivation. And so even just going through this book and finding little things to pray, it can be so game changer for your relationship with exercise. I know it's just been Mm -hmm. so amazing. And those workouts where I do remember to pray beforehand, they're just so empowering and just so I feel so close to God and like I'll go on if I pray before I run some of those things I go for a run and I just feel like I can hear him more clearly speaking to me and it's just yes you're moving your body but you're also just moving with the spirit and like just growing in intimacy with him while you're working and growing your muscles and it's just so awesome so mm-hmm. I really really highly recommend that people visit the show notes and get on the wait list for this book because it is a game changer book and I put my hundred percent seal of approval on it. And I really want people to read it. And so where can people find you if they want to follow along with you? Where, where are you online, your website, Instagram, stuff like that?
1: Yeah. So on Instagram, it's just at Karen's corner, C-A-R-N-R-E-N-S. Can I spell my name? I don't know. C-A-R-E-N-S corner. Um, and I'm not on there as much, but I'm hoping to pick things back up a little bit especially with like the timeline of the book and just feeling the Lord saying it won't be excessive, but it'll just be enough to just start sharing this a bit more. And, um, I do have a blog. I haven't written on it in a while. It took a pretty big pause while I was writing the book. It was just too much writing and I couldn't keep up. And so it is karenscorner.com though, and you're welcome to go there. And I'm hoping to start pick up writing there as well in the fall, so yeah, those are just a couple of places that you can find me.
0: Yeah, and I'll put those in the show notes so people can just quickly go to there if they're like, "How do you spell Karen again?" <laughs> so they can find it easy. There are a lot of ways today. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much for coming on the show. This I'm. This is like the best first interview ever. I wasn't sure if I was going to do interviews on here, and then God just put it on my heart to do a few interviews. So only going to do a few, but I was like. We need to, like, me and God, were both like, yes, Karen needs to be the first one on this concept of stewardship over ownership, and so, I don't know, I feel awesome about this episode. I'm going to try to get it out in the next few months, so thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom and your story, and just, it was a beautiful conversation. Oh, thank you for having me. It was so, so good to hear from you, and to be able to also
1: share those things out loud out loud again, because I haven't in a little bit. It's all been in writing, so mm-hmm it has been really encouraging to my heart too so love you friend <laughs> yeah
0: nyla what's a christian life coach great question. Well, when a basketball player wants to improve their skills on the court, they hire a basketball coach or a personal trainer. When a child or adult desires to improve their singing voice or musical instrument skills, they hire a voice teacher or a piano or guitar teacher. Certified life coaches like me, we help people get stronger in various life areas that they feel less than confident in currently. As your Christian life coach, I can help you ditch dieting and improve body image from a biblical lens, as well as help you feel better in other areas such as relationships boundaries people pleasing self-care comparison perfectionism and more to book an inquiry call you can go to instagram and you can dm me at nutrition with nyla and say you're interested it's for free and it's 15 minutes and you can ask me all your questions about possibly hiring me as your christian life coach and i do it virtually over the phone so it doesn't even matter if we're not in the same country which is So cool, technology is such a gift from the Lord.